Welcome to Black Consumer News of Arkansas. We have a special guest or a special edition this morning of Black Consumer News with our special guest, Mayor Frank Scott Jr. And I've got my mask over my mouth here. <laughs> oh, like I sound a little muffled. Wesley, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, we're trying to get all our technical stuff in order this morning. Good morning, Mayor Scott. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. I think you're coming in loud and clear. Thank you again so much uh, for joining us here on Black Consumer News. Black Consumer News is your developing digital news platform that offers our readers and listeners the top headlines and stories affecting black consumers in Arkansas and the U.S. So we want everybody to go and check out our new website, Black Consumer News.com. Yeah, with. they beating the they beating today with our mayor. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, it's special for us, and uh, Mayor Scott is special for you being here with us today. We certainly uh, appreciate your presence, and um, yeah, so go to Black Consumer News, no www. Just BlackConsumerNews.com. And it'll take you there. I paid a little price for that just to get that. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to do a lot of legwork to go check it out and find out what's going on again here locally as, as well as around the world so we need to keep informed be informed because if you know better you can do better right that's right all right then so i'm your host angel bird bcn's chief creative officer and co-producer of the show and wesley bcn publisher and executive director wes is also a longtime financial um political reporter at the arkansas state capitol and publisher of the daily record business journal right here in Little Rock. Right. All right then. So let's go ahead. Let's get right into it because we have a lot to talk about over the next hour um, about our governor who is doing a lot of great things about our governor. Did I say our governor? Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you foreshadowing? I'm foreshadowing. Okay. Already. Yeah, we got okay. a prophetess in here. He's doing down. so many things. <laughs> hey, listen. Well seen. He's doing governor's work. Let me tell you. He's making Little Rock um, put us on the map and making us look really really good so we also want to give our, our callers a chance to uh, pose the mayor a few brief questions at the end of the show so keep it right there um, again thank you so much for tuning in and being with us here and so sit back relax and enjoy our conversation today with uh, mayor frank scott jr uh, i want to begin um, uh, with the news of the week including uh, these four topics um, mayor scott Scott, your recent virtual calls uh, with Biden's administration's office, including Treasury Secretary uh, Janet uh, Yellen, I yes. think I'm saying that right, mm -hmm. and uh, you, you're hosting the Know the Facts about the COVID uh, vaccine town hall meeting that happened this past Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And also the debate at the state capitol on the Stand Your Ground bill uh, that seems to have fizzled for now. And I uh, just want to get your, your kind of input on that as well. And then um, Wesley uh, is, is doing a, um, a story, an upcoming edition, about the Asher um, Corridor with the Daily Record. Yeah, one of my reporters, uh, Dwayne Hebda, uh, talked with the mayor about what's going on. Uh, actually, you're going to be on our front cover again. I think this year in 2020. 2021, you're going to have more covers of a daily record than anybody hey, else. I'm grateful. Every time I get the daily record in the mail, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, and our, our uh, reporter, Dwayne Hebda, did a great job in, in discussing some of your, and we're going to talk about some of those uh, ideas that you have for bringing incentives and development to that area that for, for many years has been neglected, and, and it's great to see, see some of those things going on. Thank All you, right. So we're going to dive right into more detail uh, on the city's COVID-19 response plan since 2020, March 2020, and some of your e economic uh, developments, uh, as Wes was saying, uh, for this past year. Uh, let's talk about your travels to Washington, D.C., and uh, you got to spend some time with President um, Joe Biden after the inauguration on January the 20th. Uh, you also got to spend some time speaking with him about the administration's top priority. And so let me ask, did you, you talk to him about the January 6th uh, insurrection and at the Capitol building and what was um, his impression and then also what was your impression as well? Well, uh, first and foremost, I haven't had a chance to travel just yet to Washington, D.C. However, I've had uh, some conversation with the Biden administration okay. as well as uh, had a virtual meeting uh, with Secretary Yellen most recently, uh, but have been in constant communication. Um, but uh, now with the recent uh, Biden administration uh, mask mandate on uh, uh, air travel uh, definitely have not traveled since February uh, of 2020 oh, yes. Yes. Uh, but expect to make some travels to Washington DC to advocate uh, for some different uh, policies procedures as well as funding uh, so we do have some plans on the way uh, to visit with the White House soon so that's uh, maybe where that came from yeah uh, so it's, it's definitely on the way and then we recently had a meeting uh, actually this past week with uh, uh, the historic uh, Secretary Yellen who yes. is the first woman uh, U.S. Department of Treasury uh, Secretary which is uh, a game-changing as we all know Secretary Yellen uh, was the Fed president uh, mm -hmm. during the Obama administration and a tenured uh, fiscal uh, expert uh, on all things about the economy. So myself and five other mayors had the opportunity to visit with her uh, this past week and really shared the need for more direct funding uh, mm. for cities because cities truly are uh, running the nation. Right. Uh, and we truly are uh, the spirit of innovation and can really get things at a very ground level as it relates to COVID-19 uh, funding uh, and the programs that have been uh, moving forward from that perspective. And as you know, uh, as of early, super early this morning, uh, the U.S. Senate passed uh, yeah. President S Biden's uh, rescue plan, plan. Yes. Uh, where it was basically a stimulus plan, as you said, Wes, that are going to be coming to the states and one of the things we've been advocating for is more direct funding for cities mm -hmm. uh, and then as well as how we're going to continue to uh, triple the amount of vaccine dosage to get to the cities and to the states here pretty soon uh, so very happy uh, that that was passed it was a a tie vote and uh, <laughs> the historic uh, Madam Vice President Kamala Yeah, she broke Harris, that tie. She broke the tie in the wee hours of the morning. Yes. And so uh, that definitely is a direct reflection of how voting uh, truly does matter uh, and how it tries policy. Uh, and that's a great example of what happened last night. So very grateful for uh, that opportunity to have time uh, with uh, the Biden administration uh, through Secretary Yellen. And then secondly, as you shared about the COVID-19 town hall, uh, the city of Little Rock's COVID-19 task force hosted a town hall this past Wednesday, uh, moderated by Fox 16's Donna Terrell, uh, where we were welcomed uh, to have doctors uh, Sam Greenfield of Arkansas Department of Health, Jennifer Dillahead, Arkansas Department of Health, uh, Keila Jefferson uh, with UAMS, and Quiaz Verez, uh, also uh, a doctor uh, with UAMS. And so they 
uh, dispelled all the mistruths about COVID-19 and the vaccination. Uh, and it, the title was Know the Facts. And so uh, they spent about an hour on our uh, Facebook Live page as well as YouTube. And a few hundred people uh, joined. And we were grateful to have uh, those individuals there. It was lots of shares and likes. And a lot. it was very informative. One of the things, as we all know, uh, that there's uh, with healthcare disparities that disproportionately uh, impact not only black but brown uh, brothers and sisters here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and the nation. Uh, and many there's a lot of mistrust as it relates to the Tuskegee uh, Airmen experiment, mm-hmm. as well as Henrietta Lacks, what you call the, uh, the HeLa cells, where her right. cells were stolen from her, and actually those cells are actually used to this day uh, for cancer research. Uh, and so what we want to do is take time to share that the data uh, and the research, it, uh, it shows that this vaccine is needed, uh, that you're not gonna have any undue side. They're clear with any uh, medicine, there's some side effects, but this is what we need to get to a post COVID-19 era uh, and have to have some saturation in that. And so as we have more supply to meet the demand, we wanna ensure uh, that everyone in Little Rock has the opportunity to take the vaccine and that they take the vaccine for the betterment of themselves, most importantly, but their loved ones, and overall the city. So I'm looking forward to taking my vaccine. I'm a part of the second phase of 1B. Uh, <laughs> I'm not 70 years old Oh yeah, three-phase plan, me too. <laughs> so um, so I'm, I'm excited to take mine sometime, I believe. Uh, it's uh, late February, probably the middle of March. And will your staff be taking the vaccine uh, as well? Now, we're, we're not mandating anyone, uh, but I'm strongly encouraging uh, staff <laughs> to take it. But we actually, quite honestly, I just a big shout out to uh, our first responders. Uh, at my last check, uh, our police officers at one point were close to 300 of the police officers who had taken the vaccine. Uh, and close to 200 of our firefighters. As you know, there are more police officers than firefighters, so we really got a good percentage uh, that are taking the vaccine, and they were part of the initial uh, wave of first responders and healthcare workers that were able to take it. As far as the government essential personnel, uh, we have uh, about 900 slots available, and we're starting to see some uptick in our slots. And I plan on taking mine with uh, probably with some uh, members of our public works team and really encouraging everyone to take that as much as possible. So. I want to ask you about, uh, you know, you, you work close uh, as the uh, state's largest city. You work close in hand in hand with, with the governor's office and what they're doing. And, and uh, early on in, in the vaccine uh, vaccination plan, things were starting to, it's pretty slow and a little bit of confusion. How do you feel now that things are, uh, uh, have you seen the governor said in one of his press conferences that, that the things have become seamless with the Biden administration in terms of what you're seeing? How do you feel about Well, about- there's a stark change in, in administration as it relates to the handling of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, I think Governor Hutchinson would share that as he has shared that publicly already. Uh, since the Biden administration has taken the helm, uh, they made a commitment to increase the dosage amount that are being sent to the states. Uh, and then once they get to the states that go through uh, our pharmacies and local hospitals right. to ensure that uh, we get it to the ground level. Uh, we are hoping to see in the next couple of weeks after this rescue, since the rescue plan just recently got, got passed, uh, we know the commitment from the Biden administration is a goal of a million five a week uh, mm-hmm. in dosage that will be sent out. Uh, so we're excited about that. 
Uh, as you shared, uh, Governor Hutchinson and I have a strong relationship. We had a relationship before he was governor and it's qu uh, clearly deepened since he's become governor, I've become mayor. Uh, we've been in the trenches together uh, of a global pandemic. Uh, we've been in the trenches together of a 500 year flood, social civil unrest, the greatest uh, recession since the Great Depression. And so uh, we have a strong relationship. At times we may have some disagreements, but uh, we have the type of relationship when there are some disagreements, we're able to work it out civilly. Uh, and so that's the type of relationship that you want between a governor and a mayor. I'm proud of his leadership uh, and uh, I'm grateful that we're able to kind of get through some of the things that we're moving towards. Yeah, it's been been a, an interesting year to to work through all of those uh, kind of things. Uh, has uh, uh, one of your staffers is is uh, uh, Charles Blake, of course, mm -hmm. uh, having that legislative. Uh, has that been a, 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 a area where where it's been good for you in terms of his knowledge and having those contacts over there at the oh, state capitol? Most definitely, uh, Charles Blake is a former state rep of District Thirty Six, uh, and he was a House uh, Minority House leader. Minority leader. Uh, ha still has a lot of strong relationships at the Capitol. Uh, that's very beneficial as we are navigating through different issues uh, to have that legislative background. Clearly, we're in the middle of the session right now, mm -hmm. so the city of Little Rock is paying attention. Uh, we generally try to stay away from the state <laughs> capitol. Um, <laughs> and, and all, <laughs> Even as a reporter, I'd like to do that, too. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, when they sign he die, it, it'll be a good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, we don't want to mess with them. We don't want to have any issues. So, uh, But we're grateful for the state legislators there, and it's grateful to have uh, a former minority leader and a former state representative on the team. I'm going to come back to you a little bit later and ask you some questions about, uh, you know, if there are any specific legislation that you're looking at over there, but I'm going to let uh, Angel. Yeah, I want to talk also about the, the recent debate on the stay in your ground um, and get your, what, what do you think about that? What stands do you have um, um, ongoing, uh, on the ongoings in the attempt to pass that bill? Well, one, I'm grateful that it did not pass out of committee uh, recently, uh, as a couple days ago. That, that is a true blessing. Uh, I am against uh, the Stand Your Ground uh, bill, um, but quite frankly, because it, it, in these uh, trying times, uh, it, it gives too much ammunition for error. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one of the things is we already know that uh, black men and women are disproportionately affected about, uh, affect, impacted by gun violence, and, and Stand Your Ground uh, creates different issues and uh, for some, uh, the, the legal ability to kill. And, and so uh, we uh, do not support that. I'm uh, glad that it did not happen. It's not good for business for the city of Little Rock or the state of Arkansas, uh, as well as, more importantly, it's not good for life. And so what we uh, firmly believe that our, our law enforcement uh, do a great job of protecting and serving uh, all residents of the city of Little Rock. Uh, and so we don't need civilians to take life into their own hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and speaking of which, when you talk about being proud of leadership, we're certainly proud of, of, of your leadership as, as, as it uh, relates really to the chief of police um, right here in our city that's uh, been getting a lot of pushback from, you know, some of the citizens here in the city. And so how is that going for you? And um, what are some of your um, future kind of outlooks on, on the police department here in Little Rock? Well, we've done uh, really since uh, we've been elected, we led on police reform and accountability. Uh, and we all, there's always room for improvement since we've uh, come into office. We've uh, issued a number of different policies through our ACT plan, which stands for accountability, cleared, to be clear and transparent. Uh, and from that standpoint, we issued a no-knock warrant policy that significantly 
curb, you know, Knock Warrens, as we all know, as residents of Little Rock, there has been some sincere and serious issues with No Knock Warrants and uh, the usage of them. Mm -hmm. And so when we came into office, that we issued that No Knock Warrant policy to significantly reduce it. In addition to that, we were able to pass a Citizens Police Review Board mm -hmm. uh, in July of 2019. They uh, were appointed and taken into office uh, in the, latter, uh, the early part of 2020 and have already gone through a number of different cases from that standpoint. Uh, and then in the wake of that, we've been, uh, we, we always believe that your budget is your moral document. Uh, and so when we came into office, it was astonishing to find out that the state's capital city did not have body-worn cameras for our law enforcement officers. Mm -hmm. It's great for accountability for them as well as for accountability for uh, the community at large uh, to build trust. Uh, and to hold each other accountable. And so we were able to put that in the 2020 budget, find the f dollars in 2019, put in the 2020 budget. And so all of our officers now are outfitted with body-worn cameras from, from that standpoint. Uh, and also in, in the continuance of uh, police reform, we instituted a independent review committee of the Little Rock Police Department as it relates to policies, procedures, and patterns and practice. And so that committee has been uh, researching uh, for the, uh, the past few months now and hope to come back with a report uh, by sometime this fall. Uh, and then finally, uh, we continue to lead uh, as it relates to adding a duty to intervene policy, a banning of uh, chokeholds and neck restraints. And so this uh, administration has been leading on police reform and accountability that not only helps uh, the community at large, but also helps uh, law enforcement as we move for move towards a 21st century community policing model. And a lot of that's been uh, done under the leadership of Chief uh, Keith Humphrey. Yes. Uh, and so he's been a great leader. Uh, clearly, in all leadership, uh, there's always some challenges. Uh, those challenges have been able to be navigated uh, through. Uh, and so we're looking forward to 2021. Now, and as you speak about finding um, dollars to support that, um, I know there was a resolution uh, that came up um, to the city board as far as the wrongdoings related to systematic racism uh, here in our city. I think it was taking um, a, a glance at what was passed over in, in North Carolina. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, uh, city directors uh, Doris Wright, Ken Richardson, uh, Irma Hendricks, Antoine Phillips, and B.J. Wyrick uh, authored a targeted community development uh, ordinance that passed, I believe, the first board meeting in January, so a few weeks ago. And so what it basically is a resolution that sets a policy that uh, I as mayor as well as city leadership, uh, as funds become available, that we target uh, wards 1, 2, 6, and 7, which are south of 630 and east of 30, uh, to ensure, as we all know, those are areas of the city uh, that, that are low to moderate income uh, and have not been paid attention to. And so what it does is it, it, it creates a, a funding policy uh, as funds are available, $5 million a year up to $25 million over the next five years. Uh, as uh, Wes knows, uh, that's been a passion of mine uh, mm -hmm. since I entered office. And so first and foremost, uh, grateful uh, for the leadership of our city directors uh, that were able to pass that particular ordinance. And it was good when I got a chance to sign that ordinance uh, and to ultimately <laughs> pass it as well. Uh, but even prior to the target community development, uh, this past September of 2020, uh, Wes was on hand uh, with the daily record uh, where we announced uh, two different projects. One is the Asher Street, uh, revital Asher Avenue revitalization project, uh, where we were going to uh, target uh, dilapidated uh, commercial structures that have created crime havens 
citizens in our city mm -hmm. uh, to uh, demolish them and or uh, if they don't get demolished, the owner is going to fix them up. And so uh, we sent that message. And luckily, two, uh, two of those owners have already begun work to fix up some dilapidated commercial buildings. I, know, I noticed that. And then also two others have already uh, been demolished. And so we started with that process in addition to working with uh, Chancellor Christina Drell at UA Little Rock. Yes. Uh, part of the Asher Street revitalization is to work on, as we all know, the gateway to UA Little Rock is Asher Avenue and University, uh, where they have uh, a retail center that's owned mostly uh, with um, uh, Hobby Lobby and, and other uh, fixtures uh, of that uh, retail center. And so they're going to be revitalizing them. So we're working in tandem with them there. And then uh, in addition to that, we announced a south of 630, <laughs> east of 30 economic incentive package this past September. And so what it basically means is it's to help. It's our way. It's historic because the city's never had an economic incentive package to be targeted mm -hmm. uh, in a particular area of the city, specifically that's low to moderate income. And so what we said was, whether it's commercial or residential, new construction and or renovation, in those areas, we will wipe out uh, the building permit fees. Uh, we will wipe out uh, the Little Rock sewer fees. We will significantly reduce the Central Ar Arkansas water fees. And so it, it takes that uh, that's burden. It's, it's not the all be all, but it's a start. It takes that burden Absolutely. away uh, from developers and contractors so they don't have uh, an excuse uh, to not consider south of 630 east of 30 since that time we've already waived close to two hundred fifty thousand dollars to spur development uh if you if you're going uh to south of 630 now if you go down south university at the old spalding building when i was growing up or the old <laughs> landers building for some of the generation uh z i'm i'm a millennial so those coming behind me they know it's the old landers building mm -hmm. uh, uh it's now uh jack tyler engineering is a headquartered there uh they're a large uh engineering equipment company and they've decided to make their home in southwest little rock uh we also know on asher avenue immerse arkansas which is yeah. a large uh, not That's part of our article this, yeah. this coming Monday. It's so. a large not-for-profit. They're doing close to a million-dollar renovation of existing structure on Asher Avenue, part of our uh, Asher Avenue revitalization project. Uh, and just had a meeting uh, yesterday with another company that's considering to uh, open up a, a new manufacturing facility on Asher Avenue. Wow. Uh, and so we got the Gateway Apartments that's uh, in Southwest Little Rock, the new Southwest Little Rock High School, mm -hmm. and all the infrastructure. If you go now, whether it's Wakefield Elementary that we recently mm -hmm. announced this past week is a new mini pitch soccer field that's going to go at Wakefield uh, that we're working with the U.S. Soccer Foundation as well as an all-inclusive park for Wakefield uh, in addition to uh, the Gower Spring overpass in, in southwest Little Rock and all of the, the work they're saying. We're Last to say, it's been two years now, 22 months. <laughs> we're doing a whole lot of work. And, you, and you're <laughs> well, not listen. slowing down. We're yeah. not slowing down. I do say you got another two years, we right? Got, we got things to do, and we want to ensure that those uh, individuals that felt uh, in areas of our city that felt uh, that they haven't been paid attention yeah, to, left uh, out. that they've been unserved and underserved, mm -hmm. that we mm -hmm. are serving. And to help everyone understand that as we do those, these type of approaches, uh, it uplifts the entire city. Uh, we, we don't want to have a city of have and have nots. And mm -hmm. so when there's 
Uh, when you understand equity, uh, equity is not about race. Equity is about understanding that there's a lack of resources. And when you're able to target those lack of resources, that you address it uh, yes. to bring it to an equitable standpoint so it creates equality. And so that's the transition of that journey. Words uh, and action. I like it. I want to get a l- little bit deeper into that. You're, you're, uh, you, you coming from that business background and really coming into the job, really focusing on economic development dream bringing jobs uh, uh, I don't know what the number is now but so right now I'll, I'll give you the number we talked about targeted community development with the Asher Avenue revitalization project our south 630 east of 30 economic incentive package we've talked about all the parks and infrastructure work that we're doing in those areas but globally mm-hmm. when you think about jobs I'm the chief growth officer I'm blessed to do that because the, the voters of Little Rock elected me to do such work uh, that in uh, 22 months uh, we've created uh, 5,000 new jobs that wow. come to the city as a result of business development. Uh, and so we're, we're grateful for all of our economic partners that play a role uh, in, in those 5,000 new jobs, from, whether it's uh, our chambers of commerce, whether it's our developers like Hank Kelly and, and <laughs> Kelly and Partners or Colliers International, Sage Partners and uh, our existing business owners. We all are working together uh, to drive business development. And so when you think about that, that's 5,000 new jobs. And so what that, what that targets is the Amazon uh, that's locate last mile delivery service that opened up October of 2020 with 500 jobs in, in Southwest Little Rock. That's the Amazon that should be open this summer at the Little Rock port. That's gonna be close to 2,500 new jobs. Uh, that's priority one manufacturing, which is the existing business and headquartered in Little Rock, uh, that they uh, increased their jobs to close to 200 jobs. It's uh, Alleviant Health, it's SMA Pharma, uh, it's, uh, it's Trader Joe's, it's Costco. Uh, it's so many different things, whether it's uh, destination retail, whether it's manufacturing or distribution and logistics. We are bringing those jobs to our city and that's 5,000 new jobs, it's historic. We're blessed to be in this role that in spite of a 500 year flood, in spite of uh, a global pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're growing these type of jobs here in our city. Uh, and so we're excited about this time. What a time to be in Little Rock. I want to I want to look look back a little bit. You know, you you at the beginning of the year and you had a plan uh, to to start a, a penny sales tax. Uh, and oh, you, you got a good memory. <laughs> 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 and you had to put that on the yes. shelf because of the pandemic that started in March. Mm-hmm. And and un, uh, unlike a lot of cities who, who in, in terms of economic development with the pandemic and, and all the rush of things that happened, as you mentioned, a, a 32 drop in GDP in the second quarter. Uh, a lot of cities just said we we can't focus on job recruitment. We can't focus on these important things that that a city needs. Uh, we just got to deal with this pandemic because that's that's uh, that's the one issue that everybody was dealing with. How did you and your staff remain focused? Uh, Five thousand jobs during a pandemic is is extraordinary. So how did you remain focused? And on that penny question, will that come back? Well, we remain focused because failure is not an option. And, and so we wanted to ensure that uh, in spite of the pandemic, we had work to do. Uh, uh, this is a 24-7 job for us. And so uh, as the pandemic, we clearly led uh, this city and this state 
uh, being early and aggressive and assertive on protective policies and measures to protect the public health, safety, and welfare of our city. Uh, I think we were that's well documented. But as we were doing it, we, we know we can do more than one thing. And so as we were just as focused on the pandemic, we were focused on jobs growth here in our city. As it relates to uh, the penny sales tax that uh, what we call was the lift Little Rock proposal uh, focused on how we lift the city. That was before a pandemic. <laughs> uh, and so uh, it was focused a lot on quality of life in place to revitalize the War Memorial Stadium, mm -hmm. uh, War Memorial Park, Hyman Park, our existing park structures, economic development, infrastructure, technology, early childhood education, specifically for birth through two, uh, to ensure that uh, we're starting to prepare our children out the gate. Uh, and so when they get to school, they're ready to achieve. In addition, we'll augment our existing work with community schools, uh, Focus how we've been focusing on our low-performing schools within our school district, uh, from as, as simple as food insecurity to as complex as mental health services, to truly have wraparound services for our children uh, so we, we can address the things that are happening in the home so when they get to the school, uh, they are ready to achieve. And I'm glad, uh, you, I'm glad you're mentioning the, the schools because as I think about um, all the wonderful work that, that you're doing, um, and considering and, and doing with the, the corridor, the, the Asher corridor, that really butts up to uh, Wright Avenue. And you've done a lot of work there, putting in new sidewalks and beautiful beautification. I mean, it look, it's already transforming itself, mm -hmm. you know, quite well. But then Wright Avenue also butts up to Dunbar, historic Dunbar. It sure does. <laughs> and you, you have two black historical colleges there. You have Dunbar, which is on the National Registry, as well as Philander Smith College. Are there any plans for that particular area that's also uh, an opportunity zone? Yes. we, As you know, we have an opportunity zone task force. Dunbar is a, and the historic area of Dunbar is very integral to the development of the Opportunity Zone complex that we're working on. So uh, there's a lot of development work that we're looking at right now. And so stay tuned. Uh, I wanna, We're uh, coming on down that way. Oh, right yeah. I, I, I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, you, you lined it out. So we, we have <laughs> right Avenue of Bust Up the Dunbar. So we're on right. our way. We're on your way. <laughs> but to answer the question, because I know Wes is going to say, well, uh, Frank, you did not answer my question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said you gave me all this information. You didn't okay, tell right. me a yes or no. So I'm always a man of my word. I'm going to always be straight up. I would say that um, stay tuned. Okay. Okay. That, that, that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you call that an answer. Not right. I, I want to get uh, uh, you. Uh, you uh, attend that we held a Black Founder Summer Summit. Mm -hmm. uh, Benito Lobezuiga, who's a, a, a great uh, entrepreneur promoter here in the, the city of Little Rock, doing mm -hmm. great things uh, with the, the uh, Africa Day and, and Night Market. Mm -hmm. You attended that, and, and some of the conversations was uh, during this pandemic, and we know with the PPP funds and the CARES Act fund that came in from the state to city and the federal level, uh, black businesses were left behind. Some of them have, uh, there's a report out that said 40% of black businesses may go out of business. Uh, what, uh, and you talked about some of the things you're doing on the issue of purchasing. I think there's some surveys actually that are going out now about to encourage uh, to to find out what can we do better to to uh, make black business owners part of the uh, you know in, in the bidding process and, and getting contracts and and engaging in, in the economic success that the country has as a whole. What are some of the things that you're doing in that area? You talked about some of those in the Black Summit, so I want some of our listeners to well, know. Sure, what some, some of the, the things, and I won't regurgitate some of the things that we're doing south of 6:30, east of 30, but kind of uh, more targeted to uh, uh, addressing um, engagement with black businesses. Number one. 
Um, we plan to hire here shortly as a chief equity officer uh, that will uh, stand up our uh, Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion uh, because I've set forth to have a goal um, to increase City of Little Rock's 14% minority spend. Uh, while that is good in comparison to the state, uh, we want to be better. Uh, we want to uh, be, be the best in the South, if not the best in the nation. And so uh, we set a goal to increase our minority spend from 14% to 25% by the end of 22. And we do that by being intentional in every area of our minority spend and be very intentional. So that's number one. Number two, um, we are, as we've been focusing on a number of different policies from the South of 630, East of 30, uh, economic incentive packages to our target community development resolution that was recently passed, to our Asher Avenue uh, revitalization plan, to all of the inf uh, infrastructure improvements that we've been making, we want to continue to move forward. One of the things that we realized in COVID, not only were there healthcare disparities, we knew there were financial disparities uh, within uh, small businesses. And so uh, we, we were able to leverage CBDG uh, federal funds and create a small business emergency assistance program for small businesses where we took a half a million dollars and uh, issued out uh, uh, $5,000 micro forgivable loans uh, to businesses. That was going in about a week too. It was going quick. <laughs> <laughs> but even in the midst of that, uh, you know, there were some businesses that, as, as you know, they're like many of us, we're living paycheck to paycheck. There are mm. uh, small business owners that are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Uh, but most times when we were able to notice there were some businesses that are in place that uh, have had stunted, stunted their growth because they have not uh, moved forward in the areas of operational excellence and financial excellence. And it's not because of a lack of wanting to, it's a lack of resources from a technical assistance standpoint. So out of that, uh, we're working to announce here in the future is uh, Build Academy that'll focus on our gig entrepreneurs, our, our true small business entrepreneurs. And I'm not referring to the SBA small business yeah, definition. You're talking about the, I, I'm talking side about the, job. The, 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 <laughs> the side job, but also those business owners that's it's a business one. of one. Yeah, one uh, sole proprietors. Or, or a business, uh, the sole, proprietor, sole proprietors, or businesses from zero to 25. And uh, as you know, Wes, I'm a former banker. You know, you may have a ton of cash, but if you can't show that cash on uh, on, on, on your taxes, yeah. then you don't have the cash. Yeah, so that's right. You, it's, you want to be able to show those things and ha able to have that type of technical assistance. So where we'll provide... Uh, HR help you get a greater understanding of human resources, marketing, financial management, things of that nature. And so we're hoping to announce a Build Academy pretty soon yeah, uh, that'll have uh, emphasis on a small business incubator as well. And so that's one aspect that we're working on. And two, we've been working with the business community, primarily uh, chaired by Darren Williams, who is the CEO of Southern Bank Corp, which is a community development yeah. finance institution that as was announced, uh, kind of briefly, because it's still some formalization of it, is the Little Rock Empowerment Fund, mm -hmm. uh, which is at the, at this point in time is three million dollars that will be utilized to help uh, stand in the gap of a uh, lack of access to capital. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we're focused. We're working, and whether we can get it done from the the city uh, confine, we're working with the business community and other uh, community partners to get things done. And that, on, in several of those things that you mentioned, the technical funds, the, the access to capital, all of those were things that many black business owners talked about. And I uh, uh, also, yeah. I just want to give a shout out to Benito. Uh, Benito, he, he's been he's been on the battlefield for a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. and, and and so want to share our appreciation to him. Uh, and then also to uh, 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 many others that 
played a role in, in bringing that together because uh, what a day it was to have. I, I want to say well, I was on at the time I was on. It was at least a hundred. Yeah, that's um, the biggest Zoom call I've been on. It was, it was a pretty big Zoom call, and but it was one of those. It was focused. Yeah, uh, and we had an agenda uh, to get things done, and, and that's under the leadership of Benito. So I want to give a shout out to him. All right, Angel. I'm going to let you uh, know you want to kind of hit on some uh, uh, other questions that yeah I was just sitting here thinking I was like you know um, you, you 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 seem made for this position <laughs> and, and and quite comfortable I mean um, you went to to school at, at Horace Mann you yes, graduated from Parkview both uh, I attended both of those schools and you lived in Southwest Arkansas and I mean Southwest um, um, Little Rock and um, uh, again you seem to be very very comfortable in your role and um, and, and, and very down to earth, I think some people would definitely um, coin you as, and, and, and really for the city and for uh, all people. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think that um, kind of innately came from uh, in you today? Where do you think that came from? Well, I think definitely it, it goes to uh, my mother, uh, as well as my father, but particularly my mother. She, uh, she raised my siblings and I um, she drug us to church and drug, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And drug us to every volunteer activity so it was definitely in, in, in embedded into uh, our hearts and our minds uh, and so I want to give her and my father credit um, from, from that my father being a retired firefighter as well and so it, it definitely comes from uh, from that but I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I didn't grow up uh, wanting to be mayor. Uh, I'm one of those ones that didn't even know I was going to go to college. <laughs> my mama told me so. <laughs> uh, so I, I would just say it's just a blessing. Uh, God has truly uh, blessed my life and journey uh, through all of its uh, peaks and valleys. And, and, and whether it was a mountaintop or, or a valley, his hand was still there. Uh, so he gets all the honor, glory, and praise. Uh, as a, you know, and I appreciate that as an old, old Baptist deacon here. Uh, how do you balance uh, those hats? You, you, you still mm -hmm. continue in the ministry. You still continue as mayor. That's a, we've gone from a, 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 a different type of government for, to a strong mayor form of government. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, a possible change in that. In, in our, our, our governing uh, uh, process, but uh, how, you know, in wearing those hats, you're a banker. You, uh, so which hat do you wear the most now? Well, all three. And <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I say that, as, Simultaneous. You, uh, as you know, um, I, one, I became a, a Baptist minister and Baptist associate pastor um, in uh, August of 2012, was ordained uh, in 2013 uh, and so it, it's kind of always been a way of my life mm -hmm. um, and, and I was from that standpoint and so um, even before I was mayor or a banker I was a highway commissioner and working for Governor Mike Beebe so it's always been a yeah, one of the youngest highway commissioners in our state history too and, and so when, when I think about that you know my life is really faith mm -hmm. um, public policy and politics and business that and depending on the season, it depends which one. Uh, but but nothing ever changes. I'm gonna always be a, a man of God that, that serves and preaches and teaches His Word. Uh, and so uh, I have no trouble with the balance. And that clearly, uh, uh, as mayor, I'm mayor of the entire city. And I've been very intentional, uh, even as mayor, that you know I've worshipped with uh, imams. I've, mm -hmm. I've I've worshipped um, uh, in synagogues. I've worshipped 
uh, uh, within, within the Hindu temples. And so because that's the truly the vision uh, from a mayoral perspective uh, is to unite this city, moving us from being disconnected to connected. So it's very intentional when you see a Baptist minister um, during Ramadan is worshiping <laughs> uh, with our, our, our Muslim brothers and sisters. Because guess what? They're a Little Rock resident. It's very intentional uh, when you, you're seeing me uh, during the Festival of Lights uh, with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, that's what we are... Our whole essence of this administration is to be intentional about bringing each other together because at the end of the day, it's about faith, love, and hope. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, Mayor Scott, um, I, I'm looking at your age, and, and you're, you're, you're a very young man. <laughs> and, um, you know, a young man that's listening out there today, um, you know, that's in your sort of peer group, if you will, or outside of your peer group, um, what can you say to them to kind of, you know, as a role model, if you will, to, um, to lead them, maybe if they're not necessarily going in the right direction, or maybe they are going in the, in the direction, um, to help them kind of um, understand where they should be placing themselves in the society um, today, as a today world, as you know, uh, young black men are being in, in incarcerated and getting in, in trouble in these streets, and you know, with the pandemic being here, um, you know, idle time. Yeah. You know what they say about being idle. So one of the things I, w I would share is just a few scattered but targeted uh, things that mentors along the way have shared with me, mm -hmm. uh, particularly those that are seeking uh, service opportunities and leadership. One, understand that any leader must first learn how to be a follower. Uh, and um, even from that standpoint uh, of servant leadership, uh, we must understand that we should not serve to be seen but be seen serving mm -hmm. and, and and so and i'm very clear that i sound baptist yeah. <laughs> i'm serious don't L serve logical, be seen, but be seen serving yeah. yes. very serious from that standpoint but to always be intentional uh in, in whatever you are but not only to be intentional but we must uh, understand that um we got a job to do uh and uh, to that we got to prepare for the day. Uh, we have to push through life circumstances and always have to pay it forward. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I want to uh, kind of, uh, before we uh, open the phones up, let's see if we got any callers that want to share. I want to, you, know, you got uh, about a little bit over a month before your state of the state address uh, on March State 20th. of the city. State of the city. That's right. I just want to go to the city. We're moving you up the political ladder. We're, we're prophesying. We're, we're prophesying. Uh, we are. We are. I apologize. I apologize. Your state of the city address on March 25th. March 25th. I want to kind of get, uh, you've talked about what you've done. Mm things that are going on, but now this is an opportunity to look forward, yeah. even in the midst of the pandemic. But at some point, we're gonna come out of the pandemic. Yeah. We started this week, we saw some hospitalizations coming down, which is great news. And, and let's say we come out in, in June, can't predict that, but what are some of the things, uh, you know, some of the things you may, you may have to accelerate coming out of that, some of the things you, you're gonna be doing, because give us an idea of that state of the, you don't have to give it your, your well, speech. Well, yeah, what, what I would say is that uh, we've experienced 2020 a year of in spite of, mm -hmm. as we talked about, in spite of the social um, and civil unrest, in spite of the pandemic, uh, in spite of um, just all that was going on in 2020. Yeah, uh, so and, much. We, and we were able to still make it through. Uh, 
and that is a true blessing to make it through. Uh, and so I'm happy that it's February 5th, 2021. <laughs> uh, and, and while we're still in the pandemic, one of the focus that I'll share is uh, there's an old scripture in uh, Ezekiel 36, and, and I won't give you the verses, but I, I know this good deacon would know. But, <laughs> but what it shares is that uh, I'm going to do something for you, and it's going to be better than your beginnings. Mm -hmm. Better than your beginnings. Mm -hmm. And what that means is uh, to be better than your beginnings is I remember March 11, 2020. When we all were using the same recycled air. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have to wear masks. But how things changed on March 12, 2020. Yes. And so it's, it's our goal in 2021 uh, that we become better than we were March 11, 2020. Hmm. That it would be better than our beginnings. And so to be better than our beginnings, we got to prepare for the next. We got to prepare for a new thing. And as we prepare for our next and our new thing, we got to be bold. We got to think big. And we have to be diligent. Mm -hmm. And uh, studying the Birmingham uh, jail letter from Dr. King, uh, when it talks about certain moderates that would tell Dr. King and the movement to wait mm -hmm. and how the, the spirit of wait creates stagnation, the spirit of wait ultimately kills certain things. Well, uh, this administration is not waiting mm -hmm. to be better than our beginnings. All right. I, I love that. Hey, you listen to KBF 88.3. We are here with the city of Little Rock Mayor um, Frank Scott Jr. If you have any questions um, that you'd like to um, give to the mayor today, please feel free to give us a call at 501-433-0088. That number again is 501-433-0088. And um, also, uh, Mayor Scott, uh, when, you, when you say that, uh, as far as better than your beginning, people being committed to help the city help you and mm -hmm. be supportive in, in everything that, that you're trying to do for the city. One of the things I want to highlight, we've already had one class is Rock Academy. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, it's going to basically, I can't remember the, the title, not, basically <laughs> <laughs> reaching out um to citizens, uh, reaching out to reaching out to our citizens to, with knowledge. <laughs> yeah, so that's what it is. Reaching out, reaching out to our citizens with knowledge, mm -hmm. and to to share. And, and I may messed it up a little bit, so I know one of my team members is gonna hit me upside <laughs> the head if I'm wrong. <laughs> but it, uh, but the long short of it is that we were inviting and asking uh, res residents obtaining. A central uh, community knowledge. That's what it is. Yeah, residents yeah. obtaining community knowledge. Exactly. Uh, and, and so part of that, uh, of the residents obtaining community knowledge, is to uh, fill them with knowledge of their city because it is their city. They need. Uh, we need to ensure that our residents understand how the city budget works. We need to ensure our residents how law enforcement works, how public safety works, who our community leaders are, who's the fire chief, who's the police chief, who's the public works director. And so we spent six weeks with uh, residents uh, as they obtain uh, city and community knowledge to share with them, to put in their arsenal, to know more about their city, to access their city better because mm. it is their city. Uh, and so they were able to complete their um, that's what we call civic engagement and education. They completed that uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and we're going to start this new class. So we want, please just go to littlerock.gov uh, to enlist for the upcoming uh, Rock Academy. All right, great. C caller, we have a caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Well, hotel, Ms. Bird, how you doing? Great, morning, thank Mr. you so much for calling in. Did you ever? How you doing this morning? Can you hear? Okay. Said, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing all right. This is Commissioner Lowe. Um, I just want to put something on the plate during this Black History Month. 
A lot of the rock residents don't know, and you spoke of knowledge, Mayor. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Little Rock was the home for four Negro League baseball teams. Actually, five if you count the semi-pro one. Down in Little Oak Park, where I grew up on, a block away there at Crump Park, you had the Little Rock Stars, you had the Little Rock Grays, you had the Tuxedo Court, you had the Dubas and Tigers, and you had the Little Rock Black Travelers, which were owned by the current Arkansas Travelers. So if we can push that narrative out and push that knowledge out and understand it, and hopefully that that park would get the national recognition that it deserves. Peace and blessings, y'all. Thank you so much, Commissioner. I do agree with you. We definitely got to continue to uplift uh, the Negro baseball that definitely was played in Little Rock and started here uh, as we continue to see, as we know, the late uh, uh, Hammer and Hank uh, Aaron who recently passed. While he led, uh, as you know, we all know that he led in, in those baseball home runs, but as we continue to do more history, we've added more Negro baseball players uh, that were uh, at those top ranks just as him. So thank you so much for the acknowledgement. Yeah. Thanks, Carla, for coming in. Uh, uh, my, uh, I have I'm on, my father was a, a American League baseball coach, and we all grew up. That that that's what we started out uh, playing playing that playing that baseball. So yeah. So that's uh, I love to hear 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 people, our black men talk about that that baseball. There's some 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 good baseball going on. Back then. <laughs> mm. Uh, Mayor, uh, uh, one of the things, and, and, and this will probably be our last question, and, and uh, we, you've uh, talked about um, some amazing things that are going on. You, you've getting, even getting some national attention. Uh, people are talking about really seeing, kind of feeling, uh, you know, the, uh, there's a rhythm or, or a buzz that's going on with Little Rock now, many things that are going on, even in the midst of the pa pandemic. And you've talked about many things. What are some of the are still, uh, you know, the things that in our past and things that we dealt with. What are some of those challenges that you hope to meet head on uh, moving forward? Well, I think some of the challenges uh, that we want to continue to meet head on uh, is uh, education in Little Rock. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have uh, one of the historic things that the city has done in our administration is we have become a strategic partner uh, with the Little Rock School District. Uh, no more are the days of uh, city leaders just attending a school board meeting and, and really that's about it. Uh, so when we got in office in addition to that because that's needed of course uh, we have a great relationship with Little Rock Superintendent Mike Poor uh, and so we instituted our community schools model and, uh, and as well as we helped uh, create the pathway through a proposal to get the Little Rock School District Board uh, back in office uh, and so we've been a part of that process with our community school model putting putting together close to a million dollars uh, in um, the low performing schools in the district to provide wraparound services. Uh, we firmly believe if we pursue a new uh, uh, penny sales tax that we'll uh, go a step further and focus in on early childhood education, particularly from zero to two. Uh, as we all know, uh, we want to start out the gate uh, with as much resources as possible with uh, our children and particularly our children of need. Uh, so we're going to continue to focus on education. We're going to continue to lean in on equity and inclusion, particularly from a, what we call equitable economics. And so the more that we can do there by diversifying the marketplace in Little Rock, uh, the better. Uh, so it's our goal to increase the per capita income uh, for all residents here in the city uh, and also increase our population. But as we're doing both, we've got to ensure that we have jobs and we've got to ensure uh, that we have uh, not only adequate education, but high-performing education in our city. Yeah, uh, 
and and yeah, that that's always when you came into office that education issue with the state was the, the elephant in the room that you had to deal with. Where are we now in, in terms of we've got? Uh, just kind of explain to our our, our, our read listeners out there where we are in that process and how the the city is partnering. As well, you, well as you know, I mean, a lot's happened in our administration. You would think we've been in office five years. <laughs> I mean, literally, uh, we got in office January of 19. Mm -hmm. uh, we were uh, thrust and intentional about getting involved in the local school uh, debate on uh, bringing the school district back because uh, it's been uh, at that time um, under state control since 2015. So in May of 2019, we came together with a proposal to Secretary Key and the, and the State Board of Ed to start the pathway and the journey to get a local elected school board. So we presented our community schools model. It was approved. We put in our money from a city perspective. And uh, November of 2020, there was a local school board elected. And so that was due to not only uh, community support, but also uh, our administration getting involved because that's what a mayor's office should do. It's mm -hmm. our city. Irrespective of the, the school districts under our gov governance or not, uh, we're going to live and die on the prosperity of our city based on our schools and, and jobs. Mm -hmm. And so that was the reason why we got involved. I, I want to address, what do you say to the kids out there? You know, our, our kids are the one, as you mentioned earlier, sometimes the one that suffered the most during the pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, well, if you if you don't go to if you go to school, then our our kids are the one that are the most uh, susceptible to to COVID nineteen. But if you stay at home, then you have the issue of some of our kids are are, are latchkey kids and the kids that and that's and, and you're totally right. And that's another reason that we feel I failed to share earlier. In addition to all of our community schools work, uh, we work with uh, a number of different foundations uh, to access. Uh, dollars because we knew uh, many people uh, think that uh, broadband uh, or lack of broadband is yes. a rural issue. It's an urban issue. It too. is a big urban and, issue. And from an <laughs> urban perspective, it's about affordability and accessibility. And so we work with a number of different foundations uh, to access dollars. And one of them was the Walton Foundation, uh, access dollars to get uh, hotspots in the Little Rock School District for particularly for uh, kids of need. So we were able to buy thousands of hotspots and that's one of the things that we leaned in on but in addition to that we knew because of different things with COVID-19 that there was a need whether it was for education or for work to have access to Wi-Fi and so now every uh, majority of our parks in particular south of 630 east of 30 parks guess what they have public Wi-Fi we just announced that mm -hmm. um, like three weeks ago uh, yeah <laughs> so mm -hmm. So we're working. Uh, so if you see a need, we're going to try to fill it real quick. <laughs> Last up, I'm going, we're going to give you our, our opportunities to speak directly to, to the people of, of Little Rock and, and, and share with them uh, how you, you've talked about all the great things that you are doing in the city of Little Rock. I want you to share with them uh, how can they help you and how can, can we move together uh, as a better city in helping your administration? Well, uh, our why is to unite, grow, and transform Little Rock, and the only way we do it is through the people. Uh, and so we want to continue to stay engaged. We ask that those that want to join this journey, this movement to unite, grow, and transform, uh, you can f locate us on all the social media platforms, whether it's Frank Scott Jr. at Twitter, Frank Scott Jr. at Facebook and Instagram, um, uh, on YouTube. Uh, please go to LittleRock.gov. Please, for those that are looking to join our um, residents obtaining community knowledge, please join our second class uh, to get more knowledge. And we want to do wherever possible to be helpful. We're leaning in on equity and inclusion, and that's the right thing to do because that's what we are going to do and going to be bold in all that we do. 
Well, we appreciate you coming in and giving us your time. I, I want to tell our, our listeners out there to look for uh, more about this interview and uh, uh, on our new uh, website launch, BlackConsumerNews.com. Uh, no www. No, no w. W. <laughs> he, he paid a mighty price. Yeah, he paid a mighty big price. But, but I want to say thank you to both of you because uh, this is a new venture. Mm-hmm. It's a sorely needed gap that needed to be filled uh, but it takes leadership uh, from a great woman and a great man uh, and so thank you uh, thank you to your listeners I appreciate you uh, continue to hold myself and other leaders accountable and the way you do is by being informed and educated that's what you get from Black Consumer News alright All right. <laughs> thank you for that plug I appreciate it couldn't have said it any better myself right thank you again uh, Mayor Scott and thank you for all the wonderful work that you're, you're doing and, and all the things that you're all the wonderful work you're doing to give others opportunity and that's really what it's all about you're bridging the gaps and you're building the bridges I think oh, as well alright thank you thank you again and thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today here on Black Consumer News. And make sure you go to our new website, blackconsumernews.com. All right, Wes, I think that's it for us for the rest. Until next week, right. we'll see you here from 11 a.m. until 12 noon here on Black. Be safe. Yay, be safe. Black Consumer News, news that empowers. <laughs>